Hello, and welcome to Sapphic Survival Guide, where we are queer to answer your questions. My name's Cheyenne. And I'm Gina. And class is now in session. We have another guest today, Kita Adams. Kita, can you introduce yourself to everyone and tell everyone what you're all about? What's up, everybody? My name is Kita, and I am a queer dating coach and matchmaker. And my mission in the world is to transform love and how we enter into relationships um, because we all need happier and healthier relationships <laughs> moving forward. So, yeah. Yes, we do. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your queer journey and then also like your queer like matchmaking journey? And obviously those things Ooh. intersect, but career journey, you know, yeah. how, how, how both yeah. things came yeah. to be. <laughs> of course, of course. I think, you know, when it's starting in my career journey, like coming out, coming out was a, uh, pretty easy um especially for my mom's side of the family I have a what I deem the pioneer gay in our family so mm -hmm. I had an older cousin and you know she was in the military so she would like bring friends um home and so but everybody knew everybody loved her and so when I came out everyone's just like okay cool great like duh like we oh, yeah. kind of already knew um and so that was pretty easy my dad's side not so much he called told me I was going to hell and I was like <laughs> all right, meet you there, bro. So, um, but you know, it's, it was, it really was fine. I think the hardest part about my, my journey was when I started teaching because I was a teacher and a coach mm -hmm. and I wasn't quite sure, right? Like, do, am I out? Am I not out? Like, how, like, how do I operate? Right. Cause now you're dealing with kids and people, right. you know, will kind of flip their lids about that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just got to the point to where I was just like, no, I'm just, I'm just going to be me. And it was amazing um, because I think my students really, really like flourished because of that. And they came out like I would have this one student and would come to my classroom every morning and he'd be like, hi, miss. And he would just like snap it up. And I'm like, yes, I love it. Aww. I love it. Or, you know, they would all eat um, lunch in my classroom. And so I'm glad that I was, you know, able to be there for them and just be out. Um I actually wouldn't be here without them. Um, that's how I started my TikTok. And then I realized, you know, the kids are all right. They're coming out. They're doing great. It's really the adults out here in the world that, mm -hmm. that need help. And so, um, but they encouraged me to do it. They helped me with TikTok to get my TikTok started. Mm -hmm. And um, and so, yeah, I started out my TikTok really just wanting to help like queer kids. And then I got a lot of questions from adults about like, relationships just overall and and them seeing the connection between them coming out and their family and how to help and so during mm -hmm. my like personal development journey I realized and started thinking that people always talk about relationships when they get to the end right they don't really talk yeah. about what 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 you can do to go into a relationship and have it be mm -hmm. healthy and how to date better and so I was like let me help these folks out so I yeah decided to be a, a queer dating coach and got certified and then matchmaking came along because people were like help me find somebody please mm -hmm. and so um I actually got introduced to a lot of matchmakers through clubhouse RIP clubhouse um <laughs> and uh <laughs> and they were like yeah there wasn't like um like a queer matchmaker of color that was masculine presenting that was like doing this work and so mm -hmm. again I was like all right I'll do it and so yeah. that's how everything came about I love that that you were just like well I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna do it I'm gonna be the one yeah 
Yep. Every yeah. time, every time it's like, I'm going to be the one. I'm going to be the one. I'll do it. Fine. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, someone has to, right? So it may yeah. as well be you if you feel like you're qualified to do so. We just had an episode about imposter syndrome. And yeah. I, I'm wondering if you experienced any of that, especially in the beginning of your career journey or like, and I guess this would be in tandem with that question, but like, have you had a lot of dating experience or like more so, like relationship <laughs> experience? <laughs> so I'm a Leo and I'm a lover y'all. So I, um, <laughs> I would say definitely more like relationship experience. I, I did have like my hoe phase. So like my <laughs> early to mid thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think when it comes to the imposter syndrome part, I felt a little bit of that with matchmaking just because that can be really difficult because you're you're having to convince people to not focus solely on the physical and what the person Mm. looks like it's like here's all the things that you say that you want in a relationship here's all the things that they're giving like who cares if they're not quote-unquote your type yeah people get really caught up in that and so Mm -hmm. you know then you don't make matches and you're like oh my gosh I suck and so um I would definitely say matchmaking brought that out in me coaching wise like date coaching no, like I, I have always looked at relationships. I think I came out the womb just like wondering what kept people together and I've just been mm-hmm. very observant. And so when it comes to the coaching part, I'm, I'm on it. Um, and then I, it really got, I really got solidified and like, damn, I can do this. When mm-hmm. I had a client that was in her fifties and she wasn't out, she had always been in relationships with men and she came out mm-hmm. and to her mm-hmm. kids and her kids were on board and she really just soaked everything in and like met her person and they got married and within like six months to a year. Well, she met, she met her at six months and then they were, they were engaged within the year. Wow. So I was like, yeah, all right, I can do this. They can do fast. this. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she was like she was like look I'm 50 I have no time to waste none <laughs> oh yeah I love that I'm here for like it. at that point you know what you want like if you found yeah. it why wait yeah. yeah are you a big um like are you into you hauling or do you kind of tell your <laughs> the clients that you coach like don't do that <laughs> Yeah. I, here's the thing. I tell people there's nothing wrong with you hauling mm-hmm. as long as you're having the right conversations. I think we get caught mm-hmm. up on the time, like it's only been three months or whatever, but yeah. I have a friend who knew, you know, her person for five days and they moved in and they got married wow. and they're still together. So I think it's like, Damn. you can have a lot of like detailed in-depth conversation, mm-hmm. like what do you think about this? You know, how have you grown in your relationships, money, all of that. You can have all of those conversations and be in agreement about what you want in a relationship. You can do that in five days, in a week, in six mm-hmm. months, in three months, right? I think what's happening now is people are like, oh, no, not you hauling. And so we're overcorrecting. And it's like you hauling's not the problem. It's the conversations that you're having. And so if you have those conversations in three days and you're like, this is the love of my life, great. Do it. Do yeah. what you gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. And that's so true because like my partner was with someone for seven years and they didn't talk like long-term about those things. Yes. So it's just like, you can have those conversations really fast or you could just never have them. And 
I yes. think it would be better to have them sooner rather than later or, or not yeah. at all. Oh. We're not yeah. shy to have having you hold. That's for sure. Cheyenne and I have definitely <laughs> both been there. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I know that you said that there's sometimes a problem between people not being able to connect like physical attributes and then what they actually want attribute wise from their partner. Aside from that, what are the other kind of big hurdles that you see in in the queer dating matchmaking world as far as like obstacles or people having a rough time with things, that kind of stuff? Yeah, um, first and foremost, I think at the end of the day, people don't know what they want, which is not entirely, you know, their fault. I We were raised by a generation of people that were like, just go out there and survive. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> we know that we can be in relationships with people that like make us happy, but we're not really sure what that is. Like our world is about survival and go get the jobs and you make enough money. And so when it comes to understanding what you want, you really have to take the time to look over your previous relationships. What worked, what didn't work, what did you like? All of that kind of stuff, right? And date enough people to know that um, or look at your significant relationships and see what works and what doesn't work but you really have to hone in on the relationship and not the person see we want to go out there and say well I want this person and they say that they're a good communicator but it's like what does that actually look like in the relationship right what does trust look like in the relationship and so when you can mat when you can find someone that wants to create that same relationship as you do then that makes all the difference in the world. Um, but most people don't know. Um, so I would say that's like top tier hurdle, number one. Then we have like the looks that we have to deal with. Um, I think another big hurdle, especially with matchmaking, is because we're trying to get out of the U-Haul, we don't want to do the distance but I have matched people that are a distance and they travel together. They travel to each other and they've been together and now they're going to move in together. Cause I'm like, look, y'all we're queer and we can work from home. So drive the U-Haul across the country <laughs> because like, if you're living in a small town, you can't be like, my person is right here. There's just mm. no way that, that that's yeah. gonna, you know, be feasible. So we have the ability to move around in a way that we didn't before. We now just have to shift our mindset and into understanding that if your person is not there, like if you've lived in that town forever and you haven't found them, you might want to expand a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I would say like those are probably the big things that I run into. I like totally get that mindset a lot just because I live in a smaller city and I used to run into that all the time and I would like travel like two hours to go on dates and stuff and people would be like you're too far but it like I'm like it's two hours it's really not that far and I ended up like getting lucky and my partner's in the same city as me but for the longest time I was like I'm gonna have to date long distance because I've kind of exhausted my options around here and so you could do what I do just pick up and move across the country that's another way you I didn't have money for it either Cheyenne I just did it anyway (laughs) well (laughs) I mean yeah yeah Yeah, but just being open to that is it just like just like says to the universe like I like I'm open just let me know just Mm -hmm. guide me wherever and I think sometimes we restrict ourselves and 
yes, like obviously like, you know, we're visibility, like queer visibility is definitely got out there a little bit more than what it was before, like back in my day, not to show my age, but yeah, I think like just being open to the possibility of your person could be in New Jersey, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is it just makes all of the difference in the world. Cause it's just energy, right? Like that's all it is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Is there anything aside from uh, like, I guess the, the look side of things that you would tell your clients to like, not focus so much about because, or fo- I guess focus so much on, because we had an episode of a little while back about like green flags and one about red flags and a Mm -hmm. lot of people seem to be like okay how do I know if it's like a red flag how do I know if it's a yellow flag like where do I put up those boundaries or like walk away how do I know and obviously each case would be different but are there things that you think people are kind of putting too much weight on if that makes sense like putting too much importance on Yeah. Um, You know, when it comes to the looks thing, I tell people you have to pay attention to how it has shifted, right? Like your looks and what you deem to be attractive has probably shifted once it's social media. And it definitely has shifted since TikTok and Mm -hmm. everybody was out here doing thirst traps during COVID. And so (laughs) I think you have to understand, you have to ask yourself, like, where does this particular attraction come from? Right. A lot of times it's just what's familiar. Um, and as far as green flags, yellow flags, red flags, I think there are those typical like red flags, but you have to, again, this comes back to knowing what you want and, um, you have to know what I call your requirements. And these are probably Mm. five to 10 things that you know that you need in a relationship. And so when you have those things laid out, now you can start approaching dating from your requirements and not like winging it from someone's favorite color and not figuring that out for like (laughs) seven months down the road you know and Mm -hmm. so what I tell my clients to do because a lot of their green flags red flags will be rooted in their requirements it's like take you know like if you want someone that's going to be trustworthy right like put them in a position like do something on a date or ask them an action-based question where they'll tell you what they've done or what they will do and then you look for action right Mm -hmm. and so that's how you'll determine and then you're like okay cool they did this now are they going to do it consistently over time was this a fluke you want to listen to how they're interacting with other people but it's all about getting people to tell you what they're going to do and then watch for that Mm -hmm. for that behavior but you have to know what you're looking for and if you don't have requirements you're not you're going to miss it every single time yeah yeah that's great advice I could have used that a couple (laughs) a couple years ago I was definitely in a relationship where the person was all talk and no action so uh, that's wonderful advice yeah Um, I I coach people and they're like I know I just know I can trust this person and I always say well how do you know what what have you seen what has been your experience with them right and so if they can if they can tell me that then I'm like okay cool Mm -hmm. good yeah Um, when I was looking at your Instagram earlier, this is kind of like a little bit of a side note, but I was looking at your Instagram and I saw in your bio that you are helping people find like committed relationships. And we recently Mm. had gotten a question is about like, why does no one want commitment anymore? And do you think that's true? Do you like (laughs) run into a lot of people who do want commitment and 
I guess what's your because we had our own theories on like why quote unquote pe- no one wants commitment anymore which obviously we didn't Ooh, tell me agree with um so I like attributed it to like birth control and moving away from like cis heteronormativity and moving away from those like ideals and those like prescribed ways of living and embracing like the options and also we have like more options available to us so it's hard instant gratification culture yeah yeah Yeah. absolutely absolutely so (laughs) a couple of things right like one definitely like instant gratification and like and and I think we're we're in the phase where with dating apps you get fed all these people and so you could be in a relationship with someone but you're like this one thing is missing and it may Mm -hmm. not be a big thing right it may be that they chew loud or something and you're like Mm -hmm. oh I can't stand the way they chew let me get on and see if I can find somebody that doesn't chew loud right Mm -hmm. not understanding that you're giving up all these other values right and all these things that actually make a relationship work so I think dating apps and other and online dating have like paralyzed us into actually making a commitment to to one person or multiple people you know if you're a poly or non-monogamous um so we're we're yeah we're like well let me go and see if the grass is greener on the other side instead of saying like no I choose you right yeah and then when it gets hard you still have to say well no I choose you right um Mm -hmm. and then also on the side of that we're also in the aspect of where we can create a relationship so look however we want to So even if you're non-monogamous, right, or you have, you know, two partners or whatever it is, you're still making a commitment to those Mm -hmm. people. It doesn't have to look like, you know, monogamous commitment. You're still committing Mm -hmm. to those people. Or even if you're like, hey, I know I'm not going to commit to anybody. That's a commitment to yourself. And so Mm -hmm. I think there's there's ways that we're able to create our relationships, however they look. And so it seems like people aren't, aren't committed, but it just looks different. Yeah. I yeah. really like that. I definitely yeah. agree. I'm glad that you brought up dating apps because um, we specifically wanted to ask your advice from a listener who said, how do I make my dating app profile stand out more? I'm attractive enough, but don't have much success, which you know can always be because there's just that continuous swipe, so to speak. But mm-hmm, how? Yeah. what kind of things do you tell you know, your clients to put in their profile to kind of make them stand out, obviously with still being true to themselves, of course, but in their own way. Yeah. yeah. Well, first and foremost, you got to start with pictures. Most people don't get past the pictures. So you have to have several pictures, not just a selfie. You know, you have to, if mm-hmm. you like to hike, you have to put those, you know, those pictures in your profile. Your picture should tell as much of a story about you as your profile does, because most people don't actually get there. You can even put like um, what I call a weed out picture. So if you're like super political or you like to smoke weed a lot, I don't know. You're going to have to put a picture. Literal weed out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So you can put those, you can put those pictures up there. So when people are swiping, they're like, they don't want somebody to smoke weed. They're like, ah, I don't want, I don't want to do that. Right. So have your pictures tell a story. Like, selfie, full body pictures, and then things that you're actually doing in your life. Um, I like Hinge because you can take your pictures and add like props on them. Mm -hmm, So if you like to travel, you can put a picture on there and says, if you know where this is, you know, we're a perfect match, stuff like Mm -hmm, that. Then people can tell you where it is, whatever, right? 
Um, so you, the, that's the way in which then in your profile, you can stand out a little bit. So do not. I like that too, because then it's easier to answer. Like then it's like, yes. oh, I have something I can say to her rather than Lead just with. hi. <laughs> yeah. I yes. Like or like stuff. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So then when you get to your to your profile, what you want to do, we have to stop putting in what we don't want because then mm-hmm. it makes you sound it makes you sound bitter, makes you sound like you're not over it. It does. Like mm-hmm. I don't want those mm-hmm. cups. And it's like, I mean, that's cool. Yeah. Right. So you can rephrase it to, you know, I want someone that wants a committed relationship or whatever it is. Like you want to put in what it is that you do want. And then be creative in how you're describing the things that you do right so again if you like to hike be like I'm a mountain goat trainer so I'm always in the mountains Some, something like that right just like mm-hmm. be creative and how you're describing what you enjoy doing what you like to do that kind of stuff and then you know of course again have a weed out question statement something of that nature right and you can honestly, you can use chat GPT, be like, this is what's in my profile <laughs> and it'll rewrite oh, yeah. your profile for you. And like, you can throw that kind of stuff in there. And so, you know, how you stand out is you, you know, you just do different things and you can't put in there, you can't look at someone else's profile and say, well, that works for them because it may not be what's in their profile. It could be their picture or whatever. Um, so really be creative in the things that you're doing in your life and describing what it is that you want. Yeah. Um, I know that you said, like, you kind of touched on the, you don't want to say like, hi or sup or whatever, but is there, I I'm sure you get a lot of questions from your clients about how to, greet people or like what to do if you've made that say? mistake and all you said was hi yeah. like how do you like not not even like how do you not say it but like how do you move past that because I feel like that's like a big thing that people don't know how to especially if like the other person said hey like how are you and then it like falters like do you have any go-tos for getting to know people that you would recommend oh so I, I think it really depends. You definitely have to take the time to to read their profile, right? Mm-hmm. This is where most people mess up. Read their profile. If they have not taken the time to actually put stuff in their profile, I don't care if they said, hey, will you marry me right now? I don't know anything <laughs> about you. You don't have anything in your profile. It's a no, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if someone's like, hi, how are you? Cool. Hey, here's my day, right? Like my day's pretty cool. Then you just want to see if there's something in their profile that you can ask them a question about, or you can just have like your random go-to questions. Like, not that I was on dating apps during this time, but I would ask people like, this is going to tell me a lot about you. Who would you rather see Jayla with? Like P. Diddy, Mark Anthony, or Ben Affleck, right? Mm. Like, I don't like her with Ben Affleck, <laughs> whatever. Um, so so <laughs> it's just like, it's just, it just sparks something. And, and this also allows you to talk about what you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. See, we get caught up like, what do I say? What do I say? What do I say? What do you want to talk about? That has you take control of the conversation. It shows that you're confident and confidence is always sexy. And then people are more likely to continue the conversation and progress forward. Yeah. Do you recommend that technique when someone's onto the actual dating stage like do you just like kind of bring up stuff you're interested in and hope like there's 
a similar spark or like is it more of like those get to know you so like tell me about your job tell me about your all of the shit you've been through in your life or so what do you do for work yeah or like are you like super against like the I'm, I'm guessing not but I mean maybe you are but like don't talk about religion don't talk about politics don't talk about like certain um, topics <laughs> no well I think honestly the way dating apps are set up right now and after 2020 people are talking heavily about politics uh-huh. and mm-hmm. so um I want people right now they'll they'll come in the database and they're like I do not want to date a Republican mm-hmm. and I'm like I don't think they're over here but okay yeah. I got you right, <laughs> right? that's and so you think so <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it could be tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think like the politics, the religion, like that kind of stuff, I, I do think you we can talk about it and have it be light and fun and not be this like big, huge pressure kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're getting to know somebody and you're on the dates, you do have to have a light conversation, but you also have to bring in your requirements. So mm-hmm. I have my, my clients do their requirements in like three, like in like three stages right so I had a, cli- uh, a client that wanted to know about like partnerships or something it was like a big thing for her mm-hmm. and so you know she just asked like how do you collaborate and work with like the people around you or who's the closest person to you like do you plan you know trips together or different things like that that's like mm-hmm. pretty light um to the what do you do for a living question don't ask that question you want to ask the questions about like, what's the most passionate part about your job, right? Mm. And, and so you'll Ooh. be able to tell a lot about a, about a person. Yeah, about a person mm-hmm. if they can talk about their passions or if they go into like complaining mode mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh, all right, well, let me mark that down as like a red flag because if they're complaining about that, then you want to listen to the rest of the conversation. Are they complaining about other things? You know what I mean? Or are they just genuinely not a happy person? And so- Again, action-based questions, right? If you want to know about money with someone, you'll be like, so if you found a million dollars right now, what would you do? Mm-hmm. Now, most people will lie and be like, oh my gosh, I'll, I'll invest it. And <laughs> then if they're like, because they want to, you know, like impress somebody and then you'll be like, okay, cool. Yeah, like, what would you invest it in? <laughs> action-based questions. Because right. if they know nothing about investing, you're like, bro, you lying. Like, <laughs> There's no, like, you don't know, you know, you don't know anything, anything about that. So yeah. yes, you want to like, think about your, your big requirements and what you want and how can you tweak the questions to really, so where it's not just yes or no, or mm. that's cool, not cool. And if they're still answering it that way, they're boring and they don't know much <laughs> about their life and what they want. So that's red flag for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love even asking like, what's, you know, the most frustrating part of your job or something, because I think the way that people can respond to like something negative can say a lot. Like my Mm -hmm. girlfriend, for example, works in a male dominated field. And as her partner of three years, I hear her complain about it all the time. And I know that like it's warranted, but when we first met, she didn't just like unleash that all on me. She was just like, like, yeah, I work in a male dominated field. So as a female, there's frustrations on that. And I can understand, you know, that when she said it, but it, it's very telling if she had just gone into complain mode versus yes. being able to eloquently say the down, cause there's downsides mm-hmm. and good sides to every yeah. job really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But like, if someone's just like 
dumping all on you and it's like the first even the second date you're like all right that's that's a lot and so it Mm -hmm. is very telling about you know who they are like like as a person and so those are the things that we have to pay uh more attention to um especially those I think where we get caught up the most are the people that are like yeah me too yeah I think that too yes yeah I totally agree it's like you have no thoughts of your own you can't agree with everything that that I'm saying and so Mm -hmm. that's just a depiction about how the relationship (laughs) is is really gonna go yeah um I don't know your current relationship status but is there anything that you've learned from coaching that you've really um taken and integrated into your own life that's like made a big difference in the way that you interact in relationships or in dating yeah I sorry if that's like a hard question no I know it's big and and I yeah no and and I'm married so um the, the big thing I think that I've learned is a lot of people say like communication is like the biggest thing. That's where I was like, that's what's going to save relationships and all that. But there's so many layers to that, right? Like there's a, there's an aspect of, of safety that's, that's underneath that, that ability to communicate. Right. And so I think people have to understand that if someone's not communicating with you, maybe they don't feel safe with you right so like what does that actually look like like how do you resolve that conflict I think just because we're saying stuff people think that you're communicating but it's not right it's like Mm -hmm. there there's an aspect of connection in regards to that communication as well that that comes with that instead of just being like well I told them this or I told them that it's like there's, there's a lot of things that, that can um, be a barrier to how you're communicating in the relationship. There's things that can be a barrier to um, how you resolve conflict in, in relationships. And so you have to ask those questions early on in the dating process about what does their conflict resolution look like, you know, when they're really in their like, like rawest form of communication, what does that look like? You know, um, what's the best form of communication? Some people are better about writing things down than they are about actually speaking. And so it's not just like you have to communicate. There's so many different layers to that. And that definitely shows up like in my marriage as, as it's going to, right? Because, you know, we're healing things um, when we're in relationship with people. And so mm-hmm. it's not just talking to each other and definitely goes deeper than that yeah how long have you been married for uh actually two years yesterday two years oh Oh, congrats yeah congratulations Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I was gonna ask um how you knew that you wanted to marry your partner because obviously you looked for certain things before you even like made it serious with them right but Mm -hmm. how did you know that you wanted to like commit on uh <laughs> on a legal level <laughs> yeah and on a legal spirit level. and spiritual maybe yeah like where, where does yeah that <laughs> yeah so my wife and I have known each other for like 10 years um okay. but we were just like friends right mm-hmm. but we kept in touch and so then we reconnected and like she told me like she loved me the first time like she came to visit mm-hmm. <laughs> and Aww. so and I was like oh and she was like, you don't say that. She was like, I just know. Uh-huh. She was like, I, I love you and I'm going to marry you and all that. 
Um, I, I think wow. the, the number one thing that, that really like solidified for me was, it was two things. Well, one, I was visiting her in Vegas. Um, that's where she was living at the time. And she took me out to Red Rock and had these lights and stuff like in her car. Mm-hmm. And we just watched the sunset and I had to leave to fly out that night. And as we were packing up the car to go, I cried. Like I was crying, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to leave you. Like, and, and I was just like, okay, yeah. never done that before. <laughs> Get it together. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I was like crying. Like I didn't want to go. And it was like the sweetest thing I think anybody had ever mm-hmm. done for me. And it was just like the time, right? Because all we did was just sit in the car and just talk and get to know mm-hmm. each other. Um, so that was huge. And then, you know, during the pandemic, we were like living together and she, there was a lot that was going on with Black Lives Matter and all that. And she mm-hmm. was the first partner that just like, asked me how I was doing, like, if I was mm-hmm. okay. Um, I remember I was watching some video and just crying. And she was like, maybe we take a break from that. Because, you know, that's like traumatizing you, you know what I mean? And so mm-hmm just that care and that consideration and that um, like, I really appreciated that because I never had anybody. I'd always had to deal with that on my own. Mm-hmm. And she was the first person to be like, to just ask me like what was going on, how I was feeling and if I was okay. I think she just, again, understood on some level, but she even now is still very caring about like, me right and because mm-hmm. I'm emotional I know I'm all masculine y'all but I cry so um <laughs> and so she does want to know like what's going on with me if I'm okay and and all that but, and I had never really had a partner do that because like mm-hmm. I'm the masculine one I'm supposed to be okay I'm sure. supposed to be like you know the the one that's nurturing you and she has been that for me so that's awesome that's beautiful and also like fuck those gender roles like masculine people can cry and can be nurtured yeah fuck that (laughs) like I hate that stereotype because it's just like where is your humanity that you like can't grasp those things I don't know it just I don't know I it's just like seeing people as like the shell of like whatever characters you want to place on a whatever aspects of their personhood I don't know um but yeah that's patriarchy yeah (laughs) yeah for sure sensitive masks are my type personally so I'm very pro that (laughs) dynamic yes it's definitely me like I'm masculine but look I am I'm about as feminine as I can come on the inside Mm. so I mean because you know I'm still a woman it's great and so I want those things too. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of mass people do too. So we're, cause we're human at the end of it. Yeah. We're human and we want yeah. to be loved and feel that. Do you encounter a lot of clients that are deep into those like gender roles and gender norms and um, see things that way? Or are you kind of being rejected by more like, I guess, gender expansive types that like are just looking for a little more guidance because I don't know if it's like a lot of quote-unquote baby gays who haven't experienced this type of dating before that are reaching out to you um yeah what's the vibe of the usual people you coach yeah I I I typically don't 
attract those people that are hardcore in those kind of like gender roles. And I think it's just, you know, from my content or just who I am as, as a person, Mm -hmm. um, I think I just naturally just like Mm -hmm. repel those people. Like, yeah. Like this is not, I mean, not that I, I, you know, I don't welcome them, but like, we're definitely gonna work our way out of, out of mm-hmm. those things. Because if we're like super into those gender roles, it's going to show up in the relationship and that's, you know, very damaging and can be. Mm-hmm. And so I think I just, those people don't come over here. Um, but yeah, very like gender fluid, um, all kinds of sexuality. I have had a lot more like older, like late life lesbians that have, mm-hmm. that have come my way. I'm like 50s, 60s. And I love them because they're like, let's go. Yeah. Like, let's yeah. get the show going. That's so and dope. So, and they're so, yeah, and they're so revved up. Um, but yeah, baby gays kind of, like I typically will work with people over like 25 and up and most people are 30 and up and so mm-hmm. yeah it's the it's the older late in life lesbians that I love I love so much um but we do have to get them out of those those gender roles and those gender norms as well like in the coaching mm-hmm. aspect so it's a lot of work in the beginning a lot of working on the shame and the guilt of mm-hmm. why they didn't come out before and all that kind of stuff and then looking specifically for their fin for someone masculine we're like hold on hold on we're creating their relationship but they're so open to it and it's amazing yeah that's beautiful is there um any other uh, specific clients or even like matchmaking dynamics anything that like has really left I don't know like an imprint on you if that makes sense yeah I don't know if that's yeah. the word I use <laughs> Yeah, I will definitely say probably my most recent client that I just uh, completed with. She's great. Amazing is is older. We started the matchmaking process. She didn't date for like 10, 12 years, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then found me, we started the, the matchmaking process, but I, I matchmaking coach at the same time. Right. Cause we're, mm-hmm. especially with older people, cause we're like double time. Let's, let's make it work. Mm-hmm. And, um, she really had this period where it wasn't really working out matchmaking. It was a little harder matchmaking wise for older people. And so she was just kind of like in her house. I was like, I just need you to get out of your house. It's like, you're an amazing person. I need you to like, show the world you like you've been hiding out for so long like just go out into the world and she did that she went out into the world she went to this like silent disco and she like reconnected with clients and reconnected with friends and she would go to the grocery store and everybody would know like who she is and it was so great and after she got out in that event she met her person that she's with now and when I tell you like she out here writing poems. I'm like, I didn't even know that you can write like this. Like, Stop. just cheesing. <laughs> like, every time, like, Aww. I meet with her, she just shows up on Zoom. And she's, like, just, like, just Aww. so excited. Just so ecstatic. And um, I, I, I love that story so much because it really is just, like, getting out there into the world. Like, I think everybody and, and most people in some capacity is just, like, you have this energy and you're a great person and people just want to see that. So just like go out, just go out there and put yourself out there. You have to, to meet someone. And it's not when she did that event, it wasn't about meeting someone at that event. 
it was strictly about showing herself and saying, mm-hmm. hey, I'm still here. I'm still this fun loving person. But that resulted because I think she met her like a week later wow. off a dating app that resulted in her meeting her person. And so it's not always just like date, 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 swipe, 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 mm-hmm. get out and like live your life and like just be out in the world. So I yeah. love it. And if she can do it at like 58, anybody can do it. Yeah. I was going to ask what you would recommend for people who don't like dating apps or like don't want to meet someone at a bar and like that's perfect advice there. (laughs) (laughs) Just like go live your life. Yeah. 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 Yeah, You answered um, my question. It's about like understanding what you enjoy doing, right? Like if you, if you look at what you enjoy doing and you can find some, yeah, make it queer. Is there a queer group that that's doing this thing, right? And I know that we don't like Facebook, but Facebook has a lot of groups, right? So if, there, yeah. if there's like this queer thing that you can do or meetups or whatever, like go and do those things because at the end of the day, you're going to meet other queer people, which means you expand your community. And if you don't meet someone, it's totally fine because you actually just enjoyed the event. Right. Mm. And when you can enjoy life, right, again, you're probably the most confident in that area. Um, And confidence is always sexy. So people are like, I like that. So really looking at your interests, first and foremost, and like, um, and figuring out how you can make that into a queer thing or find, find some queer people doing the same thing. Like, they have a queer, like, shooting group, like guns here in Texas, and I had no clue. Wow. I'm like, okay, gays get together, gays and guns, let's go. Um, <laughs> oh my God, it's scary to me, but go Texas. So, I know. <laughs> very, very so, Texan. Yeah, it really is. Um, and then do what I call um, um, a double time, right? How can you make the things that you're already doing more social? Or how mm. can you, if you go to the same Starbucks every day, um, talk to the barista, talk to people in line, because again, it's not about the person that you're talking to. You're not trying to impress them. There could be some hottie in the corner, like, mm, okay, you're friendly and kind and all of that. And so, yeah, yeah. you know, double time, if you go to the gym, don't work out by yourself, take a class, like you mm. just never know. And so um, you have to use your interests and then you have to just be in life and be in the world and be who you are. But like, please don't go to bars and clubs if you don't like doing that because you're just going to stay in there with the energy of like, don't come over here and people are not going to go over there and then you're going to be disappointed. So do things that you love to do. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of um, exposure therapy. (laughs) Like for me personally, I like to like, I'm lucky I'm in a relationship, I guess, because I like to get in and get out and not not interact with people and be at home by myself <laughs> so I'm like I guess but you can <laughs> yeah but you can join you know you can join like you know queer queer groups right so like mm-hmm. I started a group during the the pandemic and then um I kind of took a break from that but revamping it back up it's called the inner circle and so you can do things like that like I've had people when are in the group like they met online chatter with each other because we would just have like zoom things like this Mm -hmm. um do things like that like if you're not like I don't want to be out around a bunch of people um (laughs) take that time regroup or do something online and connect Mm -hmm. with people that way but make it around something you enjoy doing you know like I know someone that runs like a 
it's like a book club but like Mm -hmm. the first 30 minutes is like they um they chat and they social what you know they're being social then the next hour is them reading individually by themselves and then like the last 30 minutes it's like social and goodbye you know just it's like things like that there are things out there like that it just it takes something (laughs) to find them yeah yeah I would totally go to that event oh my god (laughs) (laughs) yeah do you ever get straight people who are like can you teach me your ways like do like I don't know I I know we talked a little bit about your family and stuff but like do any of them ever come to you and they're like teach me how to date please (laughs) <laughs> they do and I tell them no I'm just like you have <laughs> you have enough like you have enough help I'm like you I need to pick up a rock and like throw it and there's a straight person there so like you're cool or like I'll recommend them to to other people that yeah. I know and I'm like I'm not gonna help you but here you go and I can get a referral fee but yeah you know make my make my bag right Right. Um, but as much as I would love to help the the straight people out there, it's like y'all got enough. Y'all are fine. Like the world is built for you and around you. So right. sorry, yeah, not sorry, I can't help you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just really curious if you got anyone coming to you like, please give me the gay advice, but make it straight. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, absolutely, they do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what first date would you recommend just like a blanket first date and I know like all first dates aren't going to appeal to all people but like what's like a good like first date um that you would suggest to someone who's like I'll do whatever like I don't care just tell me what to ask someone to do (laughs) we always say like we'll say like farmer's market we say that sometimes because it's like meat there's like an activity it's shorter if you want it to be or you can make it longer um so I don't know if that helps but first date yeah I don't um when I plan for matchmaking I usually plan based off their interests um Mm -hmm. if I had to choose a blanket first date it definitely has to be something active right so um a cooking class would be really cool or they have those throwing access things everywhere but you Mm -hmm. but you can do that because that's hard and if someone sucks at that you are gonna see a lot about how they react they're either gonna enjoy that or they're gonna be like this is so frustrating because that was me like if someone was on a date with me Mm -hmm. and they were beating me I'd be like but yeah I'd be a little upset uh something like that like like throwing axes or whatever the case may be um and then yeah just have it be active and and interactive I think a really cool one is um is a museum date right Mm -hmm. and like you go and you spend your time apart and you explore you whatever and then you come back together now you're teaching each other something or what you liked and you get to pick their brain and then other questions spark from that so mm-hmm. I would say probably those, those would be my top three for sure. I think we need to cut out dinner dates. <laughs> yeah. Cut them out. Fair. I'm too messy for that shit. I just like, yeah. it's stressful because you get food all over yourself. <laughs> and yes. it's just like, okay, I'm embarrassing. <laughs> it is. And then it's just, it's just, let's just be real. It's boring. Like yeah. it really is. It really is just like boring. It just, it turns into an interview and then it just, it just becomes too much. So 
have it be fun, have it be creative and put them in a different type of environment so you can observe their behavior. Yep. Do you have any advice that you would give other queer people, especially queer people getting into dating or someone who just got into like a relationship? I don't know if that like you can have any blanket advice, but do you have any advice for other queer people? Yeah. So separating from someone that's just like maybe getting into dating. Um, If you don't have a lot of dating experience, get out there and date and do what you got to do and have no shame about it. Like, you know, because you're not going to know really what you want unless you're out there dating. Right. And be vocal about Mm -hmm. and be vocal about it. I'm casually dating, whatever, be straight up. Um, Don't be afraid to, to say what it is that you want. If you're dating to find a, you know, committed relationship, um, be crystal, crystal, crystal clear about what you want and what your boundaries are, especially mm-hmm. your boundaries, because it's so much easier to set your boundaries early in the dating process than having to go back three months, six months down the road and be like, oh, by the way, I'm going to set this boundary because now you've trained that person to treat you a certain way. Mm-hmm. so be clear about what you want be clear about your boundaries and if you are in a relationship and it's new and it's fresh and it's fun and it's great and you're in that like honeymoon stage totally cool great to like enjoy it but understand that there's some healing coming and if it gets rough it's okay it's just because you're healing and healing just there's just as much healing in relationships as it is you know, individually. So don't shy away from it. Keep looking at like what your partner is reflecting back to you. What's left unhealed and start, you know, really having conversations and healing those things together. Thank you. And where can everyone find you if they want to seek your services or just follow you? (laughs) Yeah. So um, I would say I'm most present on TikTok. So you can find me at queer connections on uh, TikTok for sure. And then Instagram, my name is different because someone stole it, but it's uh, at Akita Adams coaching is where I'm at. Thank you. Yeah, you're so welcome. Love it. Yeah. Thank you so much for helping us answer some questions. I feel like I like gained a lot of insight. So even though I'm in a relationship, I will still be taking some of that. Um, and for everybody listening, if you want to send us questions, you can DM us um, or send us an email, sapphicsurvivalguide at gmail.com. You can find us anywhere online at Sapphic Survival Guide, except for Twitter slash X, whatever it's going by these days, which is just <laughs> at Sapphic Survival. You can leave us a voicemail, 724-209-8877 is that number. And as always, you can go find all of our Patreon content at Sapphic Survival Guide, or nope, at patreon.com <laughs> slash Sapphic Survival Guide. And you can find me anywhere online at The Leave Regina, including my website, theleaveregina.com. And you can find me, Cheyenne, at Hot Mespian on pretty much any social media platform. And with that, class is now dismissed. 